Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Spring is my favorite time to start a new workout routine. With the weather warming up, it feels easier to get into the rhythm of things. Whether you have 20 minutes or an hour for a Pilates class or outdoor guided walk, Peloton has everything you need to help you get going. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com. Welcome to Democracy Ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. And Wilder Fury got nothing on this. The Democratic debate was an actual brawl. At the beginning of the debate, a bunch of people came out and jumped Mike Bloomberg. Like, stop and frisk Mike Bloomberg. They threw him up against the wall. Right, and frisk, have you got anything? And like 95% of the black men stopped and frisked under Michael Bloomberg. Mm -hmm. He had nothing on him. Not a goddamn thing. Oh, my God. It's like they went... The taking turds, taking a whack at him. To beat his ass. And then he sort of shut up for about 35 minutes. I forgot he was there. I sent out a search party. I was like, with the ghetto birds in the sky, I was like, where's Mike Bloomberg? Like that Elizabeth Moss movie, Invisible Man. Mm. Like, where is he? He's no longer there. Yeah, I didn't know humans could disintegrate. He got his ass kicked. Like a bully, he shrank when he got punched in the face. Well... Right, Jason Johnson had maybe the comment of the night that he the most money lost in Vegas ever. Oh, right? <laughs> bravo, <laughs> went, Jason! Spent three hundred million dollars, went to Vegas, lost it all. Damn. Um, but you know, I think we're probably going to disagree because I saw an Elizabeth Warren who was feisty, who was ready to fight, who was fighting with an urgency that we had not seen her in debates, mm-hmm. and made sure to whack everybody on stage except for Bernie, really. Right, And she even had one comment, like a rapper, where she went down the line and here's the problem with you, here's the problem with you, here's the problem with you, here's the problem with you. Bernie, I'm going to just say it very nicely to you. And then here's the problem with you. But to me, to me, Bernie won the debate because the two, because Elizabeth Warren is in fighting mode, but the two biggest problems for Bernie, the discussion about the heart attack mm-hmm. and the discussion about socialism, and he extremely effectively parried both notions. The heart attack notion, he completely normalized. It's not a big thing. I'm totally healthy. I'm ready to do the job. And when he starts talking about uh, economic empowerment for the working man and socialism for the rich, he's completely turned it around into a positive for himself. Okay, my sleeves have been rolled up um, since I walked in the door because I knew that you were going to try and find a way 
that this Bernie man, this man oh, that you all can't live without, wow. was going to come out and say, oh, he won. That motherfucker didn't win a thing. And let me tell you why. Elizabeth Warren came out swinging because she has facts and plans and a desire to actually be president of the United States. Elizabeth Warren smacked everybody down that line up and down. Why? Because none of their plans amount to a damn thing. My favorite was when she said to Klobuchar, I don't know how you coming for my health care plan because you Yours is about two, two paragraphs. paragraphs. <laughs> Woo! She told she told Pete Buttigieg that his plan looked more like a PowerPoint where you just fill in the blanks. <laughs> I said, "Bitch, you better run with she it." She even attacked the questioner for like your question about like who's the Mexican president. Oh, come on, that's beneath but, us all. It was, and I and, and frankly, it and here's the thing: while I didn't make jokes on Twitter because that is important in what I do, the reality is is that you knew that they were going to come for you on that question. Why you couldn't have committed that man's name to memory? Why you needed to look down at your Cliff's notes mm. in order to pull out his name mm. and then mumble something in Spanish? I didn't understand. I was like, Cloba, no. <laughs> like, not today. It was look, no, no Bachar. Lo, no <laughs> Bachar. Yes, Andrew. No look, Bachar. Everybody was kung fu fighting. Everybody was. And it was like there were fights going. Amy and Pete were like, oh my God. it was marriage story, right? That, I mean, Adam Driver and Scarlett Jane's got nothing on them. That was really deep because Amy really looked visibly shaken. She and did. that's hard. That's not she hard did. to do because she, she shakes all the time. <laughs> but she looked visibly shaken and was just like, oh my, wait a minute. Did you just call me dumb? She said right. that. And everybody that I was watching with went, oh shit, because he really did call her dumb. He basically did. And she was like, I'm not going to let you get away with it. So I appreciated her for not letting him get away with it. But at the same time, I'm like, girl, commit it to memory. You knew that they were coming with that question. There's also like a moment. There's a movie I'm trying to remember where there's a girl who's like, I won't go home. And that was Bloomberg about 45 (laughs) minutes in. He's like, I won't go home. I didn't think it was going to be like this. It would be like, you know, like if you got to play with a bunch of NBA players. Like, right. I want to get out in the court. And suddenly you're out there, and Zion Williamson is running over you, and Giannis is running past you, and Chris Paul is going through you, and LeBron knocks you down. You're like, oh, this is not fun. This is not like playing at the Y. This is no fun. No, he... But... but Embarrassing. But Bernie is the clear winner of this race right now, right? It's not over, but he's the clear yeah, leader would, in this race. Yes, he's he the clear leader. was not getting attacked like you would expect a clear leader to be getting attacked. Amy's attacking Pete. Pete's attacking Amy. People are trying to attack Elizabeth. Elizabeth and everybody's jumping on um, on Bloomberg. Barely anybody said anything to Bernie. And there was a little bit. They tried. I mean, it came more from the from the questioners of what's up with the heart attack. What's up with this? What's up with that? But they really aren't. Tr- Why are they not trying to attack Bernie? I almost feel like everybody else had a pact today in some way where they're like, we're going after Bloomberg because he actually mm-hmm. doesn't have a constituency and doesn't belong doesn't belong here. We have all been in this race for months and months and months mm. we have all been putting laying down roots for about a year we've been on we've been on the debate stage so since s- since the summer so his support you're saying is softer and we can take people away from bloomberg 
more likely than from Bernie. I think that Bloomberg, in all honesty, right now, is very much an avatar. This was his first real-life appearance before the American people. He is a hologram, and literally an expensive one. And (laughs) he gets in front of the American people, and I think that why they were attacking him is not necessarily because, oh, it's like, attack the leader. It's because they know that he has the money to buy this election, and they want to remind the American people, wait a minute, we all can go tit for tat on every bit of policy. We know each other's policies. We know how to spin our own. What do you bring into the table? And so for 45 minutes, Bloomberg is standing there. Everyone forgets that he even exists. And then he wants to tweet out later and say, like, oh, politicians up there talking that talk because that's what they do. And it's just like because they actually have plans. What are you offering aside from money? was the Republican governor of Texas, the Republican governor of Texas, who was big in 2016? Who was it? Rick. From the New Yorker staff writer Vincent Cunningham, a keenly observed novel of a young black man searching for his place in the world amidst a moment of historic change. Great Expectations is about David's 18 months working for the senator's presidential campaign. Along the way, David meets a myriad of people who raise a set of questions, questions of history, art, race, religion, and fatherhood that force David to look at his own life anew and come to terms with his identity as a young black man and father in America. Inspired by the author's experiences working on Obama's 2008 presidential campaign, Cunningham uses a political campaign as his narrative backbone. Great Expectations will be one of the talked about novels of the year, Colin McCann. Great Expectations is available wherever books are sold. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change a brand new podcast from Mac Blue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now, wherever you get your podcasts. Perry, Mm. thank you. Rick Perry was hot before he got in the race, Mm -hmm. right? Remember, he was going Mm -hmm. to be the man before he got. His poll numbers were very high before. And then as soon as he got in the race and the rubber hit the road, he fell apart. And now Bloomberg seems to be like that, right? That that when his campaign was a thought, when it just existed in TV commercials, that he alone exactly. controlled, which he made it look like Obama is endorsing him right. when he is not. Uh, then he looked hot. His numbers were mm-hmm. rising. I mean, like, the last week and a half, I have personally been in abject fear of Bloomberg is going to buy the Democratic Party. Mm -hmm. He's going to buy all the endorsements he needs. He's going to buy everybody's campaign staff and just take this thing over and we're going to have basically a a stop and frisk Republican running against an insane Republican and I don't know who I want to vote for. And that 
now, after tonight, it's mm. like, no, I don't think that's going to happen. One of the funniest things I said um, was that this was like going on. If this was Bloomberg's first date with America tonight, <laughs> he ain't getting a text back. And then somebody responded to me. Somebody responded to me on Twitter, and they're like, I want America to ghost him. <laughs> And I was like, yes. Ooh, no, like, right. you are ghosted completely. No, like, I want no one to talk about him. It was, it, it was such a terrible date that it's the kind of date, like, your friend calls, like, emergency. 20 minutes in. Like, emergency. oh, I got to go. My mom is sick. Emergency. <laughs> so, so sorry. sorry. <laughs> it was you bad. You didn't even make it through the appetizers. Mm, what happened? No. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Um. <sighs> But I I will say this, that I was proud of Elizabeth Warren. Well, one, because she won the debate, but also because she came out. she won the debate because she attacked everybody? Yes. For the first time, Elizabeth Warren has been playing nice in the sandbox. Elizabeth Warren has been speaking very professorially. Elizabeth Warren has been doing the most and offering the plans and being funny and offering personality and doing all of these things. What she realized today, which is what I have wanted all of the candidates to realize, is that we are in the fight for our lives. Okay, Elizabeth Warren isn't just in the fight for her poll numbers. She's in the fight for people to recognize that she's still in the race because the media has totally blacked her out and the thing to me that I appreciated the most is when she came out and said you know what we are fighting against a billionaire who is uh, has cases of sexual harassment against uh, uh, cases of sexual harassment against him and this thing and other thing and I'm not talking about Donald Trump mm. I'm talking about Mike Bloomberg I screamed I thought she was building up to Trump everybody did I thought it I was just like oh yeah oh yeah oh oh and shit and then she almost all but literally held his feet to the fire with are you gonna let them talk are you gonna let them talk are you gonna let them talk. And even Biden seemed to wake up today. He, did. Um, he seemed like somebody put smelling salts underneath his nose he did. because all of a sudden his eyes were real wide open and he was remembering shit. And I was like, oh, look who but, came. But but and I agree with all of that and your analysis. And yes, Elizabeth Warren quote-unquote, wins in the traditional analysis of a debate in that she was attacking everybody in an intelligent way, in a mean, and it was a substantive debate. It wasn't talking points. Why do I feel like you're it leading was, up to a but? Because this is part of the problem with the debate structure, mm-hmm. that having that sort of uh, combative nature and winning all these little moments. She won the Me Too moment with Mike. Mm-hmm. She won this moment with this one. She won that moment with Amy and that one. But... Do you think that anybody says, ooh, I'm going to switch to vote for Elizabeth Warren? Do you think that she may ground on Bernie Sanders tonight? Bernie Sanders is the leader. His poll numbers will not go down as a result of this. He got to better explain his heart situation. He got to better explain his socialism situation. He got to further explain his Medicare situation, which is another big problem for him. Mm-hmm. That he And like I feel like this is a debate that a lot of people watching probably have higher numbers of the ratings, probably have a higher number of engagement of the length of time people were watching. He got to fully explain who he is as a candidate. And what he wants to talk about. I don't know that I further learned, and I love Elizabeth Warren, I don't know that I further learned what her ideas are. I know that she fully attacked the other people, but Bernie established who he is for the audience that was watching, 
who he is as a politician, as a leader. Nobody is going to leave Bernie and uh, for and after I'd, this and, debate. And, and so and, he's still the and leader. I hear, and here's the thing is that that's fine that he's that he's still the leader. And I don't think that she necessarily gained ground on him, but she gained ground on everybody else in the field. And I will say this again. There is a media blackout on Elizabeth Warren every fucking time we run through a poll. Even though Elizabeth Warren is coming in third, is coming in fourth, they will skip to Pete Buttigieg, they will skip to Amy Klobuchar, and they will totally ignore the fact that she is still in the goddamn race. What she needed to do and what she did tonight is remind people that not only is she there, is that she is fighting, not only is she fighting, but let me tell you what, as a setup to Nevada and to South Carolina, that woman managed to bring black people thoughtfully, strategically into every single conversation that was had on that stage tonight. There is not one goddamn candidate there that can do that. Not even one that can or would do that. Elizabeth Warren talked about environmental justice on the stage tonight. She talked about the fact that black and brown people are the ones that are most adversely affected by climate change. In a way where everybody else wants to talk about climate change around the world and glaciers melting, but they don't want to talk about what is happening in the Bronx. And they don't want to talk about what is happening in parts of Florida and in parts of Texas. They don't want to have those conversations about what's happening right in front of them. They would rather talk to you about climate change as it pertains to what is happening everywhere else than in areas of communities of color that have been disproportionately affected. She talked about that today. She talked about black mothers again. She talked about HBC. She talked about the racial wealth gap. There, every single conversation that was being had, she was able to have a social justice and a racial framework around it. That is the kind of president that I need, that I want, because black and brown people in this country are suffering. And the only people that we give a fuck about talking about are white people. And I am tired of it. I'm tired of hearing about the white working class. I'm tired of hearing about their goddamn struggle. I'm tired of people chasing after their vote when their vote is not the one that we should be looking for. We should be looking for the 100 million people that did not vote in the last election and exciting them by the opportunities that she's presenting in every single one of her plans. Everybody wants to cheer for Bernie, and that's fantastic. Bernie becomes a nominee. I said I'll fucking vote for him. But you want me to celebrate and jump up and down because that motherfucker doesn't want to release all of his medical records? Nah, I'm not about that life. He is 80, he's almost 80 years old. He had a heart attack. That is not normal. It is a big fucking deal. Let me tell you something. My grandfather had a stroke in his 80s. For a year, he was okay, and then he was gone. It is real questions that people are asking about his medical uh, capabilities and about his ability to move forward. And frankly, I have said this before also, we should be thinking about who these people are choosing for their VPs because they are all fucking old, except for Pete Buttigieg, but especially Bernie Sanders, who had a heart attack on the trail. You think that being president is less rigorous than being on the campaign trail? It is not. And we should be concerned about that. So I think that the questions that are being asked are actually valid. Do I think Elizabeth Warren made uh, made ends meet with when it comes to Bernie Sanders and pulling people away? No, because much like uh, Trump supporters, Bernie supporters are not going anywhere, but she damn sure made ends road on everybody else. On Klobuchar, swept her around the rock. On Bo- on Buttigieg, he ain't got nothing to offer nobody. He is, he, you know, a pinata has more filling than he does. <laughs> like, I mean, at, you like, they're, they're, like everybody, she was like, boom, 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 not so you, not you, not you. But this is, and, and that, that's an interesting calculation that Bernie's support is rock solid and mm-hmm. super passionate, so we should attack other people. Okay, I understand that. 
But if we're saying we want to defeat Trump, which is the Democratic Party's number mm-hmm. one idea, then the candidate who has the most rock-solid support, the most passionate supporters, the hardest, strongest core of everybody is probably the best idea. Well, I will say that Pete Buttigieg wasn't wrong about the one thing that he did say, which is that Bernie Sanders is also quite polarizing, much in the same way that people had issue with Hillary Clinton um, and saying that, well, if you love her, you love her, but if you hate her, you really hate her. Hey, I'm Alok, the host of Build the Change, a brand new podcast from MacBlue about the people at the center of progress. Join us on a journey across the country as we uncover stories about the everyday folks working together to build something bigger than themselves. Real change. You'll hear from students in Appalachia advocating for LGBTQ-friendly books in their communities, healthcare workers providing telehealth abortions across the country, immigrant farm workers fighting for their safety in the blazing sun, and candidates in states with razor-thin margins. Listen to Build the Change now wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. There, he is a polarizing Mm -hmm. figure. And when we have this conversation, whether we're going to go up against, you know, the authoritarian, which is what basically what Pete Buttigieg says, is it going to be the authoritarian or is it going to be the socialist like America's in trouble? And I don't think that he is wrong. And so, again, what I'm saying is Bernie Sanders support rock solid. Do I think that if he becomes the nominee, one I, first of all, I'm not even sure that the Democratic establishment is going to allow that to happen. Like, this is the reason why Bloomberg, Bloom, this is the reason why Bloomberg came in the race. Did you not hear him tonight? And I want to make sure that everybody heard what Bloomberg said tonight. Bloomberg said, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Bernie Sanders, he is not going to be the one. He is a socialist. Like, he is not what America wants. And remember that Bloomberg was the one that said that he was going to put money, right? Yep. Into the race, even if he was not on the ballot. And he basically said tonight, I will put money for anybody as long as as long as it's not Bernie Sanders. You know, before, as the last campaign was gearing up, I found this book called The Party Decides, mm. which explains how it's not really the voters who choose. It, it comes from the top down that the elected officials through endorsements, through um, through uh, money expenditures, through debate placement, through all these different ways, signal to the voters who they should choose and are able to shape the conversation. Mm-hmm. And I made that the thesis of what I believed would happen. And about midway through the campaign, I was like, this book is completely doing nothing for me in 2016. And it's completely failing me (laughs) in terms of understanding 2016. And there have been essays written since then that, yeah, that book made a lot of sense in 2012 and before. But it does not make sense in the modern era. And the notion that there's some backroom party establishment, which is who, by the way, 
is going to be able to say not Bernie. I mean, we already had Barack Obama privately saying, I'm not going to do something to try to stop Bernie Sanders. Because he, unlike the current president, understands there is something bigger than himself. Mm -hmm. And he understands that if he were to try to stop Bernie, he might fail. He might just piss off the left and ruin his own position as this person above the fray who's able to do something big like bring the party together. So he's not going to be able to—he's not going to try to stop Bernie, and I don't think he believes that he could. Bill Clinton couldn't do it. Hillary Clinton couldn't do it. So who— who would be who, Tom Perez? I mean, he, he can't, Tom Perez can't stop anything. So who would be this party establishment who would be able? Uh, I mean, Chuck Schumer. I mean, like, who is it that would be able to come out and say, "Guys, I'm sorry, but you can't have." I know you guys love Bernie Sanders. You can't have. To be, him. Let me say something. To be fair uh, to Bernie Sanders, they screwed him in 2016, uh, and and like. Very, you know, once we all realized that, yeah, the DNC was in cahoots for Hillary Clinton. They were being run by a bunch of Clintonites. I'm telling people it, it is important for us to realize that what we believe to be far-fetched is no longer far-fetched. We are living in the twilight zone. So all of these things that we think couldn't happen and shouldn't happen, oh, it wouldn't happen, like it actually can happen. I wouldn't be surprised. And let me say that I would not be surprised if right now there aren't backroom conversations that are happening where a Bloomberg is just like, you know what? Anybody who isn't Bernie Sanders, you have my next $500 million. If you, whoever becomes a Democratic nominee, as long as it is in this motherfucker right here. Like you have my money. That be, is like that's that's real. You and I'm be telling in the you, area code. We, you, these people are not currently in Bernie's area code in terms of being the number of delegates, the percentages, the number of donors that he's got. And Bloomberg, you, you got to be at least have a fighting chance. Bloomberg wasn't even on the planet until he spent three hundred million dollars to buy poll numbers. So what I'm saying is that but how, it do you is think not that's gonna last? it is you, not impossible. It is not impossible for him to decide in uh you know after Super Tuesday and the money that he put in does not work and he's just like, you know what? But here's the thing. I went from zero percentage points to twelve percentage points that got me into the debate, that got me on the map. And all that did that was T V ads and radio ads. Now if there's gonna be a fight to the convention and he knows that he does and have a hell, a snowball's uh, chance in hell. There is no reason why he couldn't pick whomever. If it's if it's Elizabeth Warren, if it's Klobuchar, if it's whomever, and say, you know what, I'm giving you the ne- the boost that you need, which is all about money. Do you know what I'm saying? Like that's oh, no, what no. we have to understand. I, I, I that yeah. that I could see that if if Bloomberg said I'm going to be a spoiler within the party, then you would see whatever kind of establishment you're talking about. The former president, the former first lady, Tom Perez, come down and say, no, 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 no. We, um, ca- we cannot have that. And if, if that means, Pete, you have to stop taking his money just to stay alive, just to stop Bloomer, just to try to keep up with Bernie, that doesn't make any sense. Like, at that point, we do have to come together to say, you can't just stop the leader like that, but you can stop somebody who's just trying to spoil the whole thing. I mean, look, I I do see that we are at 
a very difficult point mm-hmm. that we are as divided as I have ever seen the Democratic Party in my entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. And we do have never Bernie folks, never Pete folks, um, never Biden folks, mm-hmm. never Bloomberg folks. And how it all comes together, I'm not quite sure. And there's a deep resentment among Hillary people mm. who are saying, well, all you Bernie people didn't come and support us last time, so why should we come to support you this time? And so there's all this resentment. Despite we have we are unified in hating him, we are not yet able to come together to figure out who we should. And this is early. We don't have to know right now. But within a month... Within a month, because mm-hmm. Super Tuesday is around the corner. Super within a Tuesday month, around the corner. Within a month, some people, some significant people who are on the stage now will not be here anymore. People are going to have to start dropping out. Um, Super Tuesday is their day. They have got to drop out after that. Like a, all of their money is going to dry up, right? If you don't have like a, an, an intense show out. And you don't have anybody that's going to be, uh, you know, bankrolling you. You are going to have to drop out. March 3rd is our day. That is it. And then after that, my biggest concern as I watched tonight, which I think was honestly the best debate that we have seen yeah. ever. Because yeah. you know, And you know why I thought it was the best debate? Because I didn't really hear anything from the moderators. And I appreciated that. I, I was uh, like, please don't talk. There was quite a while that they let them talk. And I thought it was and great. And I thought it was great. And I thought it was great. But I think that after March 3rd, my biggest concern is that all of the hot shit that was said on stage is going to be turned into a Trump ad and is going to remind people about what like, oh, your own party said and your own people said and your own this said. No, bring it. Bring it. I, I just I really need after March 3rd. For all of the people that are all of the people that are gone that haven't endorsed anybody, the people that like you know have the Cory Booker's, um, Julian Castro is already behind Warren, Kamala Harris, uh, Yang, the rest of them. I need everybody to say this is what we're doing, this is who we're supporting, this is what we're doing, this is our agenda, and then move for press forward from that day. But I am deeply concerned. I'm deeply concerned of this dragging out and it being worse. God forbid. Than the 2016 primary. 20, That's what I'm concerned uh, uh, about. 20, uh, the Obama-Hillary uh, race dragged out for quite a while. For quite Did a, it? Yeah. I mean, it was quite a fight for well in the far longer than I remember a race going on in my lifetime of caring and paying attention to politics. That was well into the summer before that was or the early mm. summer before that was decided. My heart can't take it. And it, 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 but I don't, I don't necessarily see this going that long. I don't see a second candidate who will be that strong yeah. to be able to keep it going that long. It, it made Obama stronger. We dealt with Jeremiah Wright earlier and got that done. I oh, mean, we early. didn't give him the congressional medal. Okay, sorry. Right. Um, Look, I, the folks who were tweeting, "Oh my God, Trump is so excited to watch us fight." No, he's not. First of all, he's afraid to debate. So let's keep First that of all, in he's mind. He's not going to debate. He's not going to debate so because he's afraid get, to debate. Yeah. But what I saw was people who were feisty and substantive and feeling the urgency of wanting to win. Yes. And if you think they're only going to turn that on each other and they're not going to turn that on him when the time finally comes to fight against him, you're crazy. This fight tonight 
is only a preview of the Game of Thrones, uh, what is it, the Red Wedding? The Red Wedding. That we are coming also, for you. He don't want this. Also, the burning of the whole village. I don't know, but Come that's on. the, I didn't watch Game of Thrones. I but didn't that's either. what I. But that's what I will say. I like the woman on the dragon. Should we make a wire she reference? Burned, yeah, go ahead. I, I, don't, I mean, I watched it, but I don't know what the. Okay. Anyway, we'll kill, we're, we're going to kill everybody. We're, we want to kill everybody. <laughs> like, what does that look like? Okay, I want Omar like. Coming. Oh wait, 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 wait! There's a there, Scarface. Okay, say hello to, to my, my little, little friend. friend. <laughs> ooh, ooh! What if Mike Bloomberg is the little friend? Oh shit! <laughs> I mean, if he's look, if he's really all about that life and beating Trump, then at some point he's gonna have to say, "Okay, look, Bernie, here you go. Go beat him. I wanted it. You got it. I don't love you." But I want to beat Trump, so here's three hundred million. Go get it done. I mean, is that like an allowance? <laughs> like, are we waiting on Bloomberg to give every Democratic candidate like an allowance? I just want it to be known that he is buying up so-called black leaders for six thousand five hundred dollars. That's it. And a MacBook. You know what? If you're trying to buy me, it's gonna cost a hell of a lot more My money than that. My price is a lot more than that. Yeah. I have a price. Well, oh, do you want to share? <laughs> it's with a us? lot. Well, it's like two million. If he'll give me two million, I'm I'll be like, oh, go two buy. million. Stop I can't fist. even. Wasn't that I bad? can't even buy my townhome in Cobble Hill. I don't want the. I don't want two million. Look, no, you know, I want real money. I, you know, look. Well, you know, you you can stay over there. In, I want in real Land, money. Okay, I'm gonna buy a nice place in Bedstein. Okay, you're gonna. Still. I'm gonna be your landlord. Still, 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 it's not gonna work. You better make sure no, your rent gets in on time. No, let me tell you something, Mike time, Bloomberg. Danielle. You could get me for twenty million dollars. No pets. Twenty million. No smoking in my building. Please, Danielle. Please. Wow, it's- you know Sarah Silverman watched the debate and she tweeted, "This show's gonna get picked up." <laughs> Everybody was kung fu fighting. Oh, my God. That's amazing. Finally, a good debate. So good on them. Good Good on on us. Thank you for listening to Democracy-ish. I'm Torre. And I'm Danielle Moody-Mills. And we'll be back next week because there will be a country next week. Oh, wow. Look who got got bucked this time. Because there will be a country. So that's Torre. I'm still praying about it. (laughs) 